The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 847. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yap-Chan, and today I have an amazing woman on the show today. Actually, I love following her on LinkedIn because she has the most amazing posts and they're very thought-provoking and she always speaks up on issues that you know, aren't really talked about. So she is a corporate change maker, a LinkedIn top voice, and she also has her own podcast. And I'm super excited to have her today. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Mita Malik. Mita, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to the listeners. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for the impact you're making in this world as well. I am a passionate storyteller focused on multicultural marketing. I have been doodling and writing since I can remember. I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion champion. I'm also a mother. I am mom to Jay, who's nine, going on 19. Priya, who's six, going on 16. And it's been, as I know, for so many of us, a tough two plus years. Thanks for sharing that. And Mita, what's your cultural background? My cultural background is I am the proud daughter of Indian immigrant parents. My younger brother and I were born and raised here in the US. Thanks for sharing that. And what be your favorite self-confidence quote? My favorite self-confidence quote, I don't know if it's a quote or more of just a mantra, be the best version of who I can be. And if I can do that, that's just embracing who I am and my confidence. I love that. And, you know, it's, it's not always t- easy to show up as our best self, right? Especially as women, especially as Asian women, you know, we're bogged down by our cultural standards and societal backgrounds. So, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to even just to show up as our, our true self. And it takes, yeah, and it takes work every single day. But when we can go up there and be our best self, be our highest self, it makes a huge difference in all aspects of our life. So I really love that quote or mantra that you mentioned. And in your own words, how would you define self-confidence? For me, it's been a journey of finding my voice. And when I finally found my voice again, to never stop using it it's really tied to my voice for me because for so long I had people take my voice away and I didn't have the courage to speak up for myself and others. So that's a really big part of my journey when it comes to self-confidence. I really love that definition because it is hard for us sometimes to speak up, right? Especially when we've been told all our lives to never make any noise, stay in the background, just do as you're told. And we feel like we don't have a voice because of that. But when we see other women, especially like you, you know, you're very vocal about so many different issues, whether it's the Stop Asian Hate Movement or just corporate America. I mean, we need more voices like that. And it's not always easy, right? I know sometimes it's scary because we don't know what the outcome will be, but if we don't do it, no one else will. And it really has to start with ourselves. So I really love that you mentioned that as a definition because our voice does matter and every single voice does matter. So uh, thanks for sharing that. And Mita, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? Well, as I shared, I'm the proud daughter of Indian immigrant parents. I was raised outside of Boston and I was the funny looking dark skinned girl with the long, funny looking braid whose parents spoke funny English until it wasn't funny anymore. And I grew up in a time and a place where it was not cool to be Indian. I was reminded every day by my peers, I was bullied both verbally and physically growing up that I did not belong. I did not belong. So 
that for me was the start of having my voice taken away for me questioning who I was. Did I belong in this world? Or also didn't see myself reflected in a lot of products and services. And I know that has changed a lot for many of us. And so that was, that was like pre the younger version of Mita versus the adult Mita and the journey to reclaim my voice, especially as I say pretty openly now, wow, I never thought those bullies from the schoolyards and classrooms would follow me into corporate America. No one prepared me for that. None of my education prepared me for that. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah, it's not always easy, especially you know, growing up in America and you're like the only person. And when we've been taught that having lighter skin is the standard of beauty. I mean, I live in the Philippines and whitening products are everywhere. You know, they're in big billboards, a lot of stars endorse them. And for me, every woman is beautiful in their own skin. And I always want to promote that, especially when whitening products is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's amazing how much um, money people spend, you know, how much insecurities women have because we've been taught this, this we've been taught this for all our lives and it's up to us to go out there and sh- say, Hey, you know, show up as yourself, be beautiful in your own skin. You are beautiful just the way you are. And what was that aha moment when you were able to find your own voice, go out there and, and speak for you and for everyone else? What was that aha moment? I think it was gradual and over time. And I also think I've been pretty public about this. I went through a really terrible gaslighting, harassment, bullying situation with a former boss. And having lived through that experience and come out on the other side, you feel this responsibility to share that and to let others know they're not alone. I wrote a a piece for Harvard Business Review called What to Do When the Boss Gaslights the Employee. And I was just overwhelmed by the amount of messages I received. And it's also what I talk about on my podcast, Brown Table Talk with DC Marshall. It's the, the things, the what women of color experience in our workplaces. And I'm not saying these things don't happen to everyone. What I'm saying is there's the context matters, the cultural context matters. And so I think after that experience, I was like, I have nothing left to lose and everything to gain. And I think there is with power becomes responsibility. I've earned a big platform. I've worked hard at it, but there's responsibility in what I do with that now and the issues I want to share light on. I had somebody recently post on my LinkedIn, oh, all you're doing is posting about these Asian hate crimes. And I'm like, yeah, because most people don't even know that they're happening and there's racial gaslighting happening where people believe they're not happening or that we're making a big deal of it. Isn't a carjacking just a carjacking? Isn't an attack just an attack? Look at the statistics, right? And so that's where I think there's a responsibility to share some of these, to share all of these stories, to educate allies. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I'm glad you were able to get it out get out of that situation because there are so many women who were in similar situations where they are harassed by their boss, um, even sexually harassed. And they think, you know, they have no voice out there. They think this is the only job that they have and they can't do anything outside of it, not realizing there's so many different opportunities. And it's amazing how many haters are, are out there when you're talking about really important issues, especially with anti-Asian racism, right? I'm always sharing different stories that happen and you know, I, I get the same comments sometimes, right? Especially when Christina Yuna Lee passed away, you know, one person asked me, why did she go home by herself at night? I'm like, that is not the issue, right? The issue was, why did that guy follow her and stab her 40 times for no apparent reason? And it's just crazy how even though 
our community is the victim, we are to blame for the things that are happening. And, you know, I live in Canada and so many people are like, well, Canada is a very friendly country country. There's no racism. I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> like, <laughs> We have the highest per capita when it comes to racist attacks, right? And so it's the same thing, just educating, sharing these things, because so many people I talk to, they're like, I didn't know this was happening because nobody talks about it on TV. And when they do talk about it, they keep humanizing the predator, which really gets annoying, right? So, so I'm glad you're out there as well, right? Knowing that you're, you're, you're voicing out these important issues, you know, other people can can also speak up and realize they're not the only one. And, you know, because of that realization, what's your life been like now? I feel really happy and fulfilled. I feel like I'm living my purpose for myself, my family, for my children, all of our children. I want their experiences, the next generation to be very different than what I had to experience in in corporate and in my career. And so... I think, I believe that stories are important to share because they can inspire change. They can really inspire change. And it's the tipping point, right? It's one person hears my story and then shares their story. And then that story inspires someone else. And then then stories can really inspire action and change. I love it. It's so true. It just takes one person's story and it becomes a domino effect. So uh, especially for women, we it's also our responsibility to go out there and share our stories. I know sometimes we're like, well, who's going to listen to my story? I'm very boring, <laughs> right? But you don't know there's someone out there who can relate to you, who can go, th- who understands what you're going through and realizes if she can come out of it, so can I. So this is why it's so important to share our stories, to be vocal, to talk about the things that are very important, to call out the things that's not right, especially with anti-Asian racism, because it's been happening more often than we realize. So you know, I'm really appreciative that you're out there doing the same thing, using your platform to promote so many important issues. Like I mentioned, I love following all your LinkedIn posts. So just being able to see that makes me even move forward as well. Because, you know, for me, it's important that we all work together and have a similar vision. And so Mita, if if our listeners were, you know, in their own journey of self-confidence, what'd be that one tip you would give to her? I think it goes back to what I said earlier, which is my mantra is like, be the best version of you focus on being your authentic self. I think for too long, I was trying to emulate bosses and uh, guess what? I'm not a white man. I'm not six one. I'm not extroverted. And so I think there was a real release and a real aha moment when I thought I'm just going to be focused on being the best version of me and what makes me unique because I'm not going to be those individuals. I'm not going to walk into a room and I'm not going to have this gigantic physical presence, and I'm not going to be the most extroverted and the most gregarious, telling jokes and like being the life of the party, right? And so, but what what are my superpowers? What makes me unique? And to really hold on to that, because I think for too long, we have been coached on focusing on our weaknesses and areas of opportunity. Now, that's important, but that's not what got me here today, right? What got me here today is really thinking about what am I really good at? And storytelling is something that's my superpower. I'm really good at it. I love it. And I love how you use your strengths and just went for it, right? Just went one, like 100% or 110% because you are a great storyteller and we can all see it. Well, you know, when I read it, I can feel your passion as well. I know you're out there trying to make a difference. So I really love that you mentioned that great tip. And if our listeners wanted to get to know you and check out your podcast or even, you know, follow you on LinkedIn, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? 
Definitely LinkedIn. That's my preferred platform for community and conversation. Please go to Apple or Spotify and check out my podcast with my good friend, DC Marshall, called The Brown Table Talk. It is focused on spilling tea, sharing stories on how women of color can not just thrive, but survive in their workplaces. And most importantly, more importantly, we need allies there. So the podcast is also for allies to hear those stories they might not have heard before and to think about how they can show up to work the next day and do better and be better. Thanks for sharing that. And our listeners, if you want to connect with Mita, you can also head on over to the selfconfidence.com and search for Mita's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Mita today for you know taking the time to share her story and her journey and her tips with us. So thank you so much, Mita. Thanks for having me and thanks for everything you're doing. And thanks for having this podcast in the world. It's important. Not a problem. It was such an honor to have you on our show today. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Tao of Self-Confidence. You can order your copy of Asian Women Who Boss Up Book by visiting our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. 